Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. I want to do it because it's fun. Fun to do bad things. To drive into a car. Well, did you know that you could perhaps kill somebody? Yes, but I wanted to do horror stuff for my friend. Def Leppard kicking it in front with the number one song on the Z-Rock 50. Let's get rocked. Z-Rock band in Japan. Ty Webb. Heavy Longmire. Gustav Matteblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato, enlighten me. All right, is your glass refilled? I'm I'm good for. A little longer. All right, we're going to try to roll through this. And if we miss any, I apologize, but it did turn into uh, an avalanche. Yeah, we still got lots of Twitter questions. I may have to go back and archive some of these, so I'm hoping we don't miss anybody. But if we do, my apologies right off the bat. So we'll just get the housekeeping out of the way, and we're going to try to hit this running. Can You Hear Me podcast, two guys missing heavy up there in heaven. We miss you, brother. Stay hard. And I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I'm Ty Webb. You can find us on Twitter at Can You Hear Me Pod. You can get me at Real Gustav. I'm at browndrink.com. Ty Webb 3000, that's the correct term. And you can email us at Can You Hear Me Pod at gmail.com. All right, to the business at hand. Austin, our favorite Russian, titled Shenanigans. Yet. Greetings and salutations, comrades. Hope this letter finds you with health and guts full of brown drink. One of us that does apply to. Bingo! It has been some time since I've put pen to ink, but here we are. I think, well, it's, pen, it, I think it's pen to paper, but keep uh, rolling, brother. Hell. I would like to know what kind of shenanigans and general tomfoolery you boys got into in the 903 as lads. Growing up in the suburbs, my friends and I would ride bikes to all our friends' houses, and that's where the trouble began. It started with a friend who lived near a four-way stop sign. There was a big-sized shrub where we could hide behind located right next to one of the signs. When a car would pull up, we would peg their car with a tennis ball and scatter like the little bitches we were. Tennis balls eventually graduated to water balloons, anything else that wouldn't cause too much damage. Until our one Asian friend, whoa, no disrespect, Thought it'd be a good idea to use a grapefruit. Anyway, this gradually went on and on, and we invested in a water balloon launcher that was pretty damn legit. One friend would wave down cars passing by on the street and say, I lost my dog Rebel. He's a black lab. Can you help find him? And then, like Jim Ross, by God, out of nowhere, comes a balloon from 100 yards away from on top of the local elementary school. Hoodlums. Good use of the taxpayer dollars there. We upgraded our forces to about 10 to 15 guys and took the moniker of the Tuscan Raiders from Star Wars, using their guttural noises and a mixture of Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad from Team America. We headed back to the school one night for more Project Mayhem. Now, I was the Nancy of the group and wouldn't take place in most of these activities. Sure. Right. This time, observe and reporting on the floor level doing a recon with walkie-talkie to the guys up on top of the school. That's when it all went wrong. Good Lord, Austin. 
you did save all this up. We hadn't been here long, and probably eight guys were on the roof when the local PD came in hot with three to four squad cars. Coming in hot. They'd gotten a call about spray painting on the roof, which clearly was not our doing. But here comes the cops shimming up the drain pole we would use. Most of my friends up there got handcuffed and brought down. No charges, luckily, just parents called. Two hid under the AC unit, and the wild card escaped by jumping off roof and compressing his vertebrae. One of the kids in cuffs grew up across the street from me and was a real straight shooter, turned out to be a Marine fighter pilot, and another defused his IEDs for the Navy. Funny how I was the so-called bad one that got away and didn't get caught by my mother. Oh, didn't get caught, but my mother still found out and grounded me. Sorry I didn't think of using mayo all over like JJ and sorry for my girth. Love your buns. I believe it was mustard on the concrete that JJ and his crew used that left the indelible mark on the concrete of a (laughs) cock and balls. I believe you're right. You know, I lived out in the country. So I was isolated for the most part. But you could skin a buck and run a trot line. Yeah. Uh, but I did go to town, especially during high school, for Halloween shenanigans. Halloween shenanigans was big in our town. And that's when it was mostly, that seemed to be, I mean, there was other stuff going on from time to time, but it seemed Halloween was the true night of the devil. And I remember going to the grocery store and buying way too many biscuits Eggs and biscuits. And there was a, there seemed to be a line of demarcation between eggs and biscuits to where biscuits was cool, but once you moved into eggs, you were really. You were full on hooligan at that point. Yeah. I mean, it was like the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony. Yeah. Biscuits were annoying and unless you put rocks in them were relatively harmless. Right. And that was usually reserved for the thugs. Right. Although. I think some of that might have, and I'm going to err on the side of maybe they didn't mean to. If you, if you were, you know, the street conditions in that town often had gravel on top of blacktop. Yep. Did you lose something? My lighter. It's probably out there in the, yeah, we're good. I think if you picked up a thrown biscuit and it had gravel, it had gotten stuck to it. I'd like to think that some of that might have happened, but there's no doubt some kids put rocks in them. For sure. Yeah, some of that was purposeful. Now, I do think that... Not us. No, not us. No, we're just straight biscuit throwers. And we uh, we may have taken some jack-o'-lanterns from porches. We might have. And we're, we might have known some people that took some construction signs from State Highway Department job sites. That could have happened. Or people that might have taken some street barricade signs. That did happen. So that's the... Basic shenanigans. I don't ever, you know, remember anything on the scale of what young Austin was undertaking where the whole gang of bushwhacking water balloonists. No, and I never, I mean, we never got in trouble with the law. I had a couple of instances I think I've talked about on episodes prior where I ran from the law. And I ran into one of the ladies that lived in the house where you hid your car that one night and walked really? back home. Oh, yeah. The and sister. I, the sister. And I told her that you and I had just been talking about that. She's like, I don't remember that, but that's possible. Of course like, she doesn't remember, but. Still looked incredible. Mm, she was. It's top quite, notch. She was quite nice back in the day. Top and notch. still is. Evidently. Still is. Still is. Still getting it done. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Austin, for your hooliganism. All right. Let's see. We have one from another hooligan. 
One Thomas Ginsburg, St. Tom. Tommy. A billion dollars in pumpkin-flavored stuff. To the East Texas Trio. We used to be a trio, but not anymore. What would you guys do if woke up next to a billion dollars? Like horse head style, like the Godfather? I guess so. Like you just wake up and roll over and there is a billion dollars in your bed. Tell her to make me some coffee and leave. Hey. Um, man. See, I think this goes back kind of to a callback of our, what would we do with the bags full of money email that we got from maybe Toledo? I think I'd just donate it all to World Peace. Sure. He could use it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd figure out how to, uh, figure out how to bury all that billions of dollars and slowly dole it out. Yeah, I think I'd convert most of it to coins. First off, I wouldn't see Heavy any, anymore. I think I'd still see you. Yeah, Heavy, he'd be he, out. He'd be out. Can you imagine out. what Heavy would do with a billion dollars? How cool. awesome would it be to have a 1991 windsuit? Have you ever seen someone with turquoise over 95% of their body? That'd be a redneck Riviera nightmare. I would, you know what? He'd buy all the patio furniture. We are not in a position to do it. Lots of wicker. Could you imagine heavy on the Riviera? <laughs> oh, you know, jorts and full effect. If you, if you folks want to start a, uh, a GoFundMe for heavy strips to the Riviera, please. <laughs> <laughs> he getting so many fights. Oh, I, I don't want to eat these snails. What the hell's that on my plate? How many times would he utter the phrase French fuckers? Well, you know, he took French in high school. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think that was really a learning exercise <laughs> for him. <laughs> I think he had an ulterior motive there that had something to do with the teacher. Uh, also, it's pumpkin spice season, guys. Where did we get all this pumpkin-flavored crap? Have heavier Ty ever tried pumpkin beer? Tommy G. I have, um, and I'm not a pumpkin hater. I like the pumpkin flavor. I mean, I know it's been overdone, but I enjoy a nice pumpkin flavor. I have had the Lakewood pumpkin beer, and it was all right. I had another one, too. I can't remember if it was, uh, I can't remember who made it, but it's all right. But I'm not opposed to a little pumpkin flavor in the coffee. I, I'm not a fan of pumpkin flavor. I don't know if you remember it because it has been a long time and it was only for a short period during the cl- uh, day. I wore a pumpkin on my head, jack-o'-lantern style, <laughs> at school for Halloween. Like Halloween, was that Halloween 3? Yeah, I think that was 3. <laughs> Maybe. I think I vaguely remember you doing that. And the the smell of pumpkin ever since has not been pleasant. I still carve jack-o'-lanterns with the kids every year and enjoy that, but I don't eat pumpkin pie. I don't Girl. drink coffee to begin with, so I don't want any pumpkin flavor there. I don't like candy corn. It scarred your old factory. I don't want pumpkin candy. I don't want Dude, any of that. candy corn, you're missing out Dude, on that. Dude, that is wax. That is... I think by wax, you mean awesome. Sweet wax is what that I shit is. I will eat the hell out of candy you corn. You and Heavy both. And those candy corn pumpkins are straight from Jesus. Ugh. Anyway, I ain't eating that. Hey, do you remember those back when you used to have like the 
whole section of an aisle at the grocery store that was the Brock section. Mm-hmm. And had all those bins of all that candy that old people ate. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one kind? And it was like a white rectangle that was some type of nugget. Yeah. That had multicolored yep. flecks in it. Had like a like a brown and orange yeah, kind of orange, flick. maybe a yeah. green. Yeah, I don't know what it. I, I eat it. I love that stuff. I eat it, but I don't know what the hell it was. Very waxy. Yes, so good. That and, white wax paper would be rolled up in, and you'd have the uh, just so much Brock's. I I I think Brock's still exists, but I know they don't have those aisles anymore. I think they got hammered down. Also, I think you know, as a general rule, you don't want people. Sticking their greasy mitts in there. Yeah, I remember you just grab a handful of that and yeah. put it in a sack. All right, let's see. Now, that's so much for our emails. Now we're going into the Twitter rapid fire here. Boom. And I do apologize if Twit we me. miss anybody, okay, because this, this was an avalanche. All right, let's see here if I can. I saw some from Sandman and some from Jay. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go chronologically as best I can. Oh, I do want to include this from Heavy when you were talking about sending him clown-delivered donuts. Yes. Did you see he said, fuck all of you, each and every (laughs) one of you. It'd be a waste of money anyways. I'm not even scared of clowns anymore. We all know that's bullshit. Total bullshit. He would shit himself if a clown showed up in his front step. We'd be having to throw bail for him is what we'd have to be doing. Yeah, he'd pull an Uncle Buck on that clown. Mm, sorry. Man, we're back. God, there's a lot. Favorite. <laughs> I saved that. <laughs> I cut it and I saved it and we're going to have it for ourselves. We need to do another shit butt meetup. I know we need to do a bit shit butt thing. Okay, we got some feedback from uh, Stan Man about how we were able to fuck up his recollection of proper chronology of Def Leppard albums. Man, I'm, which I think I mentioned this on Twitter today, but I'm, as I usually am, pretty nervous about fact-checking what we said. Oh, it's awful. But I did reply to him that, for my money, Pyromania is still the goat for Def Leppard. I think it probably is. I mean, you've got Rock of Ages, you've got Photograph. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Fooling is I think Fooling Foolin is, is on, on there too. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. Yeah, Pyromania shit. I think is the is the goat. Hysteria was great. Hysteria was okay, but they were getting a little bit more fluffy to There's me. There's a by little then. pop there, but I can't I can't excuse the fact that we didn't mention High and Dry. Yeah, I, I that was the thing that I was like when I went back and listened to the edit. I was like, we didn't even include that. Okay, and um, great album cover. Yes. And Sam, the Austin P1, asked if we had um, ever heard the one-arm or two-arm game that may have been on Q102 or Z-Rock. Yeah, that kind of rang a bell, rang but a I bell, couldn't remember. But what got me thinking, so I don't remember when Z-Rock came on. It kind of sounds like a Stevens and Pruitt Q102 yeah. bit, but I don't remember which one it was. But I don't remember Def Leppard ever on Z-Rock that I heard. But I don't think I was only listening to Z-Rock around like 89, 90. They definitely played it. They definitely played it. But what I remember was more, it was heavier yeah. in the, the in the late 80, early 90. Now, yeah, it was more classic Cranfield, Metallica. Yeah. Megadeth, Metallica, you know. You got some Motorhead on there. You got some Danzig. 
You got some Danzig. So uh, I didn't remember that exactly, but my way. it sure sounded very, very familiar. That's a great bit, though. Yes. And for those of you that don't know, the Def Leppard drummer lost his uh, arm in a in a wreck. Was it a motorcycle or was it a car wreck? But I don't know. It doesn't sure. really matter, I guess. Speaking of wrecks, though, and I know Jay asked about this. Yes. I did witness a pretty bad motorcycle wreck when I was in college one time. Me and the turtlenecked one. Yes. Who were roommates in college. Because he wore a turtleneck, not because he was uncut. Right. I mean, I... I'm I don't not, know, but I'm, I'm not giving you the... Well, no, I do know. He was in football with me at the same yeah. time, so he was cut. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But uh we were with our good buddy from Austin... In his Jeep, which we often cruised around in and went mudding in back in the good old days, listening to Pearl Jam 10 and drinking Keystone. And we were parked at a gas station that was right on the strip of our college town. And while we were parked there, we were getting gas and I was just standing by the Jeep looking around. And there was a motorcycle that had driven into the turn lane and I guess a car was in front of it or something and didn't notice that there was a car waiting to turn there and just rammed full speed right into the back of it. And this guy, the only thing that saved this guy's life was he was wearing a helmet. Yeah. Because he he slammed in the back of this car and he flew straight in the air. It, I mean, straight up. It seemed like about 20 feet and then just came straight down. Tons of people, including us, ran over there. There was a nursing student that was there that immediately started like providing him care. Mm -hmm. And of course, we hollered at one of the people to go inside and call 911. A bunch of people were calling 911, I'm sure. Um, and he made it. Like, I mean, I don't know what happened to him after that, but I know he survived because there was a story about it in the college paper and everything. But that was. I'm trying to think. That's probably the nastiest wreck I've witnessed just because, I mean, just to see a body fly up yeah, that high in the air extreme. was crazy. To see it in real time. Yeah, and that's one of those things. You see lots of the aftermaths, a lot of wrecks. Yeah. But to actually see it happen, it seems to be, me to be much rarer. You know, like we had a guy, we didn't see it happen, but. Mrs. Gustav went out and helped. You know, she's a nurse, but we had a guy die out front of the house. Oh yeah, um, guess about three years ago, maybe. But the because we live on the highway there. But do you remember Punch Drunk Love? Yes, Paul Thomas Anderson movie with uh, Adam Sandler. There's Bunch that, of people hate that movie. I too. love that movie. I loved it too. Of and course, I love anything we can, he does. But yes, we can talk about that because I have a. I have a bond with that movie. It, like, struck a chord with me. But anyway. I want to do Magnolia with Megan. You know what? TC hates Magnolia. Well, he needs to watch it again with me. Holding hands. Gently. Caressing. Anyway, there's that scene in Punch Drunk Love where out of nowhere, there's that wreck out on the street. You know, everything's quiet. And it's just. Yeah. I had a similar incident to that. I was, was when I was going to tech out there in Lubbock. And I had a job at a United over on the southeast side of town, which was the shitty side of town back then. I is there a good still side is. to Lubbock? There's better off sides than the southeast side. The southeast was the direction you were going to go out to the strip 
to the where because you know the, there weren't beer stores or liquor stores inside the town then. Right, dry. It was dry, and all the money controlled those. So They're all out there, out on the strip, out in the middle of nowhere, and that's where the strip clubs are out that way. So we would get the strippers. That's where Honey Melons came into the all United right. there. Anyway, I was going to work early Sunday morning, coming down. And I stopped at this little donut shop, and I'm standing there walking out, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, two cars just T-bone, you know. And it was mm-hmm. it was that juxtaposition of it's dead quiet, but it's bright, and it's all of a sudden there's just mayhem. And I don't remember the ambulance got there, you know, and people. I think the police were there pretty quick, so I don't remember how bad it was, but I've definitely seen dead bodies on the road from accidents. But I think that's. Maybe that just out of nowhere, crystal clear, but I hadn't seen bodies flying like you did with that one. So, Do you remember when we were in high school and there was that really bad wreck north of the red where two of those big rock haulers hit each other? And someone that we knew that worked close to the Red River border said they could hear that, and it was for miles Mm -hmm. and miles away. I can't imagine... What that sounded like. Yeah, that, that had to be. Two of those rock haulers running about 70 miles an hour yeah, running into each, each other. other. It was like an earthquake. That, that had to be something. And especially when there's no real background noise or noise yeah. around there. No, there's nothing just, out that way. Just be all of a sudden. Jay did follow up with our episode a couple of weeks back where Heavy was a proponent of Van Hagar. And he said, I will try out <sighs> for a position takes. on Team 5150 along with Longmire Heavy. But I can't support the Gary Sharon era, though. Thank you, Jay. Well, that's at least something. Jay asked, what is the most violent accident that you've witnessed or been involved in? And you've addressed that. Would you like to reissue your Twitter line, which I thought was genius? Well, I just said that this podcast is by far. Yeah, you just posted a picture of Can You Hear Me's logo. By far the most violent accident I've ever been a part of or seen (laughs) in person. Every uh, time catastrophe. we get together. As far as accident I've been in, uh, there's the off-air accident, which I will only tell off-air. I won't tell that on the air. Does this involve a vehicle? Yes, it involved me in a vehicle. <laughs> Does it involve you? <laughs> I'm going to start editing out at, at that point. So Yeah. Anyway, but yes. That was yes. I don't 903 know if, folklore. I don't know if much of an accident you can call it. But anyway. Um, no, I think you... Called for the ball on that. Yes, it was definitely. <laughs> this, uh, this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I think this will work. Uh, I don't see hospital in my future. I've only ever been hit a couple of times, and it wasn't bad. I was in a wreck about, it's been about six or seven years ago, that could have been really bad, where I was on 30. Mm-hmm. And I was rolling along at about 60, 70 miles an hour with traffic. And a guy in front of me, an older gentleman who was intoxicated, hit the, he started swerving and then he hit the like median guardrail. He was directly in front of me and I was just a few car lengths behind. And he hit that guardrail and turned sideways, and there was traffic and cars and everywhere in the lanes next to me. So all I could do was just lock them up. I was in my old truck, Mm -hmm. and I locked them up and slid forever, what seemed like forever, right into him. And then I had a moment where I looked in my rearview mirror, and I saw a semi Mm. coming right behind me, 
And I, I had that like, I mean, it, it seemed like a few seconds. It was probably just a split, a moment where it's the first time in my life I've ever had that moment where I felt like that this was it. Yeah. Like I had a long enough moment where I felt like I'm going to die right here because I saw this semi bearing down behind me and I was stuck. I mean, I was, you know, I'd basically T-boned that truck. It was a SUV in front of me. It was a Suburban. And I was just sitting there. And at the last second, this semi swerved just to the right of us and missed us and then hit another vehicle and then had tires. I guess it was the some of the spares up underneath right? go flying everywhere and everything and messed up my, I mean, totaled my truck out. I wouldn't hurt all that bad. I mean, I had some back and neck pain for a little while, but, um, of course, fire trucks and everybody came out there, shut down 30. It was, I mean, it was about six o'clock, so it was oh, a pain yeah, in the packed. ass. But that semi driver eventually came walking up there and I was just like, man, thank you. Made like, out you totally, with him. Yeah. like he would have, it would have killed me sure. and that guy that was in front of us. That guy was, he was an older guy. He was 70 something years old or so and he was drunk. But that, that's the closest I've gotten to a really, I mean, it was a bad wreck, but it could have been really, really right. bad. I mean, no, nobody, that's... he wasn't hurt at all. I had minor injuries. Nobody else got hit. But if there wouldn't have been a space big enough for him to swerve, cause it was, you know, I mean, it was pretty full of traffic at that time right. and enough to where we could all go the speed limit, but there were still cars everywhere. If he wouldn't have been able to swerve, he would have just, completely annihilated mm. us that well, would have been it i'm glad he didn't all some right. say yes some say next eh. jay's next question is did you feel like the sturgill show was the concert equivalent of a cowboy's blue white scrimmage man i know everybody is bagging on that sturgill show pretty bad and it wasn't what you expect when you see sturgill and i didn't know till after the fact because during the time i was like man where the hell is lars his right. guitar player who is otherworldly where the horns because this last album to me that's what made this last album were the horns it was much more big you know a big package yes and when he did that double album show at the bomb factory it was amazing and of course he had the horns and everything he played the whole first out al- or not his first album but he played all of his second album and then all of his new album and it was fantastic but I read afterwards how he decided for whatever reason, and I guess like Sturgill seems to do, he just does whatever he wants to do. Sure. And I guess it was for artistic reasons or whatever. I don't know why he would have decided to do this. I especially hope that he hasn't parted ways with that guitar player for, you know, for good. But he decided to scale down to just a four piece with him playing lead. It was very jammy, which I know you hate. It was much more of a, you know, a rock type show right. than it was country. He played that one Willie Nelson cover, which was right. good, but, um, it was just very different than any other time I've seen Sturgill. And a bunch of people are bagging on it and I get that, but I mean, I wasn't that disappointed in it. It was just different. So I, I, I'll, I'll start off by saying I thought his voice sounded great. The band was tight. The band was tight. That drummer, which is not even his regular drummer was spot on. Right. All those, all three of those guys, the keyboardist playing organ, you had the bass player and the drummer, all those guys, super tight. And, and he played the hell out of lead. Technically, he played the hell out of lead. 
which he played lead in his first the first band that he was in. Now, here's what at the very start before he even started playing, I made a statement to Tammy and uh, Professor Brad, who I was with. Professor Brad as as my date. Tammy as the designated driver. Right. Anyway, I told him I don't like jam bands. Nothing beats me worse. And I told a story about going to see Dave Matthews with Bela Fleck opening up for them <laughs> because Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Gustav was real big into Dave Matthews when we first got together. Anyway. You aren't big on a widespread panic show. I know. No, no, no. I don't want to go see fish either. Okay. <laughs> anyway. So I make that statement before he starts. And what do we get? A lot of jam. A lot of jam. and A lot of 12-minute songs. And, and that was the other thing is like. I wasn't the biggest fan of his latest album. It's not bad, but I really like that old, the sound that he had and that he developed in those first two albums. Man, I love that that current album. I didn't say it's bad. I just said I wasn't big on it. It was a departure for sure. Yes, it was. It was a change, but I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with people exploring the space, you know. And meta modern though was, but legit. It, I got the feeling that it was almost like, and I know he does know how to play lead, but it was like, hey guys, I've been working on playing lead. Listen to this every song for an extra six minutes. Right. And he's only a few shows into this tour, so I'm sure he's still filling it out, but and it, it, it and was palpable that I felt like it was palpable that people were, if not disappointed, they were a little perplexed. Yeah. I mean, he even made that comment at one point that, right. you know, I don't know if you guys are being really respectful or just bored as hell. And that's a bad sign at yeah. a show. Well, and he was antagonistic in that aspect to it because that's never yeah. going to make things better. No. And we had the sound problem with his ear <laughs> monitors. Right. And, and I would have preferred them just to walk off and kind of sort things out instead of paying the same 20-minute jam, which they did great. Yeah. But I don't need to hear a three-piece rhythm section doing <laughs> the same song for 20 minutes. Yeah, there there was a couple of times where it felt like the record was stuck for a little while, but I still enjoyed it. Of course, I had quite a scene down there in the pit. Yeah, you were down there at the pit. We were up in the front row of the 300s, but I had, you know, Jay and Tom were down there in the 100s. They weren't in the pit. They had seats. And Jake was up there in the 400s, and I talked to him a little bit. I can't believe we didn't run into Jake. Did yeah, you see him there? No, I did not see him there. I talked to him. At, I didn't even know he was going. And I off tried the record. To I tried to give him, him my extra tickets, but he already had them. But, um, did KJ end up going? No. Okay. He couldn't go because he had to go to the, uh, Home Depot. He had, yeah, he had to go to a, uh, <laughs> A wine tasting party. No, he had to go to the future in-law, son, or brother football game. Because that's okay. real important, right? Sure. sure. Anyway, the uh, talking to Jake and to Ginsburg, the more I thought about it, the less I enjoyed the show. And, and Jake's like, I really wanted to like the show. And that's kind of how I was. But the further I get away from it, I'm like, man, that just wasn't enjoyable. It was okay. I mean, I still rated it a six or seven out of ten. It was, I mean, it would have been a lot better if you wouldn't had the expectation that it was going to be different. Especially I agree. if you're I agree not, with that. if you're not anti-jam like you are, right? Then, I mean, I'm not anti-jam. I mean, I'm not Grateful Dead jam, but. I still enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't, it was my least favorite time that I've seen him. Okay. 
but it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, no, they sounded great. Yeah. I, I think the other thing is like, we left early and I hardly ever leave early from concerts. We left. You never have two cups of coffee at home. And I know you hadn't listened to the episode. I put both the original Yuba commercial <laughs> in full length. And then I put the airplane in from that episode. Wonderful. That's the whole open is just nothing but that. And there's only two people that we know that would appreciate that. And they're both sitting right here. So anyway, we Table do, for two. We do this for us sometimes. I, I, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. It and, was just to me, it was just. It was different, and, and I, it wasn't as good. Like I said, it wasn't what I was expecting, and it wasn't as good as the other times I've seen him, but there was still a lot to appreciate about it. it. Here's the disappointing thing that I took away from it. I don't know that I'll go see him again. Oh, I'm definitely not in that camp. I'd go, I would go to see that show again. Oh, no. There's not a chance. No. Anyway. But, I mean, I'm part, part of that, a big part of that is I'm just, I'm a Sturgill apologist. Sure. I mean, I I got in on him early, and so I'll always stick with him. But yeah, it 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 wasn't great for sure. All right, so Steve from Baltimore asks us, "White Earp or Doc Holiday?" With the picture of Tombstone, White Earp, and Doc Holiday, not the historical record. That's tough. I mean, I think I'm partial to Doc because he's got a little more edge to him, right? But that might just be the brown drink talking. It, I, I mean, that's that's pretty pertinent. And now, I'm a fan of No Bustle. <laughs> so you combine those. I mean, and I'm a fan of the gamble. Yes. So, you, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean you're you, definitely Doc. You combine the gambling and the No Bustle and the half full glass of brown. All right. I mean, it's well, hard for I me guess, to, Steve, you've got it there. I'm white, and I guess he's Doc, and... Heavy, if he were here, would be... Uh, Say wow. He, heavy would be... Who would Heavy be if we were going to cast that? He'd be Billy Bob. <laughs> That's who I was thinking. <laughs> All like right. I'm playing cards with my fucking Ernesto, yes. Ernesto asks, this is on Twitter, outside of his text, best brown drink shenanigans, seen any more miracles through the brown drink? And as we know, he's a proponent of brown drink painting. I think we kind of touched on that. Um, it would take a whole episode for me to list off brown drink shenanigans. We'll we'll table that for later. All I, right. The only callback I'll give is the one that where me and the lawman fully. <laughs> I think I told that story, but um, fully inebriated on brown drink, decided that during. The ladies dance at yes. the country bar that we would wander out and start doing the electric slide with them. And then at some point I ended up on the stage playing guitar <laughs> or playing air guitar. Yeah, that was a rough night. All right. That's Fake. a night I nearly rubbed my damn face off. Yes. Trying to wash off the, uh, the ink. Glow in the dark stamp. It'll get you. All right. We have a, a lot from fake sports bot because you know, he's a volume shooter when he gets going. Janitor. Started firing them off pretty regular too. No, that is fake sport. That's okay. that's the same. All right. Yes, and he will lift your car to the sky. All right. All right. Let's see. Here he goes. Beliefs on Billy the Kid end of life location. I want to table that one to later. I'm making a screenshot of it. All right. And maybe some thoughts on favorite Heiko old talk. Say and maybe some thoughts on favorite old West outlaws. Again, we're going to table that. Because Heavy will have lots on that. Oh, and Heavy would shit a brick if we talked about that without him. All right. He'd want to do a 
heavy solo episode. This is another one here that I want Heavy to be on, but I'm going to go ahead and say it, and he can think about it later. You time travel back to the Old West, 1800, early 1900s. You can be anywhere west of the Mississippi. Even if you die, you're guaranteed to return to normal present day with zero consequence of harm to your body. No death, no disease, no threat of future retaliation for crimes committed. What is your preferred profession? Gunslinger, outlaw, brothel owner, prospector, gambler, entrepreneur, live with the Indians, military, etc. Anything you can think of, what level of good or bad morals do you hold? And he drew a hairy cock shooting jizz. As he tends to do. All right. This one has to be saved for heavy, so I'm going to keep that one. Cause oh, man. Yeah. I've got, I, I definitely have a. Because that's a great question. I have thoughts on that for sure. We could do a whole episode about that one. I know exactly where I'd want to be. All right. So real question, he says on his next one, what happens if I use a bullet that is lower caliber than the handgun? All right. So. This is more in your belly. This is way. mine, and I can answer it fairly quickly, but it's very dangerous to use any out or different sized caliber than the gun is that much i know because of both head spacing and support issues so basically if the case itself is not supported in the way it's supposed to be the gases will expand the brass in a way it's not supposed to and then it can basically form a fissure in the brass casing and the gases are going to come out at you and potentially mangle your hand yeah i mean you can get it a hand explosion, right? Yes, you can. You can, it could. That's just what I've always heard. It can, um, blow out in places that you don't want it to. Hey, when that happens. Then, yeah, it's awful. Now, they do make subcaliber adapters that fit like in. Like an eight track to cassette? Exactly. Usually you'll see them like a, into a shotgun that will fire a 22 or something smaller like that. Okay. But basically that's a, solid round brick of steel that has a support drilled out in a tiny little barrel within this brick of steel for that caliber. So you basically made a new chamber to support it. Do you just like insert it into the breech? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you see those in, um, you see them actually, they also sell them for flare guns. I've never seen that. The metal flare guns like the military uses by surplus, they'll have subcaliber adapters that you just drop in there. Now you lose accuracy because you've got a short little barrel inside of this bigger barrel, but those are okay as long as you're playing with them right. But to put in a nine miller and it's hard to do this on a firearm that doesn't support the head of the case. So if you had something where, you have a breech block with a cartridge ejector that's grabbed hold an extractor that's holding on to the head of the case. It's possible to do it and fire because that primer's still centered, but then you would have an explosion basically potentially outside the, in the chamber and then yeah. you blow up. So you don't want to do that. So don't do that, Josh. It's a good uh, way to fuck up your firearm and your and hand. You. And if you want to look up firearm uh, blow ups on the internet, you can find countless. All right. Next one from Josh is, you can have a bionic implant that improves one of your five senses well beyond the normal limit. You look normal. What do you want? What are our five senses? <sighs> Sight, smell, touch, taste, and hearing? Yeah. I want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think vision is the obvious yeah. answer. Um, I think there's a joke in there somewhere about smell. Sure. Going um, back to uh, although you know Valley I- Butcher's email. 
I do think that tactile is way underrated. I do. That the sense of touch is much more important than people realize. I don't disagree with that, but I think, and I don't know what, you know, what the degree of this enhancement would be, but it would seem like everything other than vision might overwhelm you. Like if you can hear better now, now you hear. It might be more distracting. You hear the grass rustling and the fly walking on the wall. And I'm, ass- I'm assuming that this assumes that the other senses stay where they are. I would assume, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think an enhanced vision would be the least disruptive. Yeah, I think so too. Is vaginal stretching real? I mean, after she has a lot, a lot of giants, is it like tossing a hot dog down an empty hallway asking for a friend? Based on internet research, I do believe it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but we're going to roll on. I mean, childbirth is a thing. Yes, childbirth is a thing. Although, luckily, in the in the uh, Gustav house, well, it, I, it was all C sections. Well, buddy. I know that you had that as part of your prenup. All right, so. I, I think you can find plenty of research to show it is a hot dog down a hallway, potentially. That's a technical medical term. Yes. All right. Another one from Josh is, you name a lot of famous musicians and actors. Which one or multiple do you hold on the highest pedestal? Maybe the one you would want to be. God. We're tabling this one. I'm screenshotting all That's this. That's a great question. Yes, it's awesome. All right. We're, we have to discuss so, that with Heavy, though, or he He's like a so roller pissed. coaster. He throws us something that we could spend an hour talking about, and then he throws us, we dip down going 90 miles an hour. I like it. I like it. When the aliens do come, and yet, and it's spelled C-U-M, and yes, they will, are you hostile or friendly? What gift do you bring or greeting? I want to hear Heavy's response to that. I can tell you right away that Heavy's going to be hostile. Yes. Because just... Heavy in general is hostile towards foreigners. We're saving that for uh, Heavy again. Let's see. Is the grass really greener? Is the bottle half full? If you've had one, you've had them all. Should you really grab a bull by the horns? I do think people think the grass is greener, and that's why people, especially uh, relationship-wise, think something's better than they get over there and that's just shitty or if not worse i can tell you that i think that the grass is greener is one of the biggest fallacies that exists and causes some of the most disruption in human life yeah there's no doubt that people just think it's going to be better and it's not it's a it's a misperception that borderlines on delusional is the bottle half full well, that's that's purely how you look at things. I do think there's a fine balance between, you know, there's studies that show that the more cynical or pessimistic that people are, they tend to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a balance between cynicism and happiness yes. that you have to find. So, you know, Mrs. Gustav is very optimistic as a general nature. Maybe not about everything, but it's general nature. And at times is much more disappointed when things don't go the way she, her ideal was. She would call me pessimistic. I would call myself pragmatic or, uh, realistic, but it's probably closer to pessimistic. I am very rarely disappointed. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that even all, I think all three of us would fall into the pragmatic category. Yeah. I, I, I think heavy is probably the most optimistic of the three of us. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I, like you, I mean, I, I pride myself on being pragmatic, but what other people oftentimes consider fairly cynical. Right. And, you know, and this is how I don't my, expect the best from no, people. And this, and part, and, you know, what you do is a whole nother thing that we won't get into. But what I do is I usually get brought in to fix something. Right. And so, or, or to design something. And by that nature, I approach everything from what are all the problems. Right. And then I, I work backwards to solve them or to mitigate them and avoid them. And that drives Mrs. Montebanc insane at times. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of those things where I've had to kind of try to find how to express myself to her without hurting her feelings or, you know, making her thoughts invalid because that's just what I get paid to do. And I'm programmed in my head to do that. Well, and my job definitely doesn't lend itself to seeing the best in people. Correct. And is a, is in a sense, a, a piecing together of puzzles and solving problems kind of job as well. Yes. But I don't know how much of that is, I mean, I don't know how much, like I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I don't know how much, because some people would, if they knew my job, they would say that this would make you a more cynical person. Right. But I don't know how much of it is that it's made me more that, I mean, I don't feel like it's made me more that way. I feel like it's more the case that my outlook on things has suited me well to my job. I could see that. And I, I'm probably the same way, too. Like, it already existed. Right. It's not like you became that way because of your job. Yeah, no, I it just agree. It suits your talents. Right. And... The people in the general field that I work in typically are archetypical in about three different forms, but all of them are of the same nature. Yeah. You know, it's like you went into that because this is who you are type thing. And that's really what you want to try to do, I think, to be happy in any job is to find some reasonable congruence between not only your own uh, skills and talents, but even your outlook on things and yeah. how that matches up with what your job yeah. requires. Because it, it, it makes more of a fulfillment aspect to it. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be battling against yourself every day at your job. Absolutely. If you've had one, you've had them all. I don't agree with that at all. That's not true. And should you really grab the bull by the horns? Hell yes. Okay. <laughs> so he says... Well, let me throw this in just real quick, sure. too, because it, it, something you said just reminded me of it. And we don't have to discuss it at length, but I am not a proponent of the idea of there being the one. Uh, yeah, I I don't disagree with you there at all. I think that there's more of a cone of certainty, to use a June's reference. Um, I think that there's a range or a spectrum with which you could be happy and fulfilled. Right. But I don't, I mean, some of my friends are that way. They think that there's, you know, there's, there's a one and only out uh -huh. there. Um, I'm not a proponent of that. I, I can see that. I, I don't disagree with it. I, I certainly think I lucked out. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah. But there's no doubt about. Well, for guys like me and you, the cone is fairly narrow. Yes. 
Um, Mine's I, extremely narrow. I do think that that's very different for different people. Yeah. That some people's cone is much wider than others to where they could be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. Um, but I don't think that for anyone it narrows down enough to where there's just one perfect match. Right. Cause the, the, well, if it was that case, the chances of the, the chance of you finding that match it is pretty depressing out of, you know, six people. Yeah, I mean, the people. odds of that just seem cruel. Yeah. So I don't, I don't disagree with that, but that's, that we could probably do a whole episode on that. I'm sure Heavy would consider himself as the only person in his He cone. is the one and only, right? right? Exactly. I mean, America's favorite. He's the one and only for all of America. <laughs> so Josh also and asks. That's all he cares about is America yes. anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Bits are fun from below the belt, really likes fighting. Think he likes S&M? Can you imagine? I cannot imagine. The level of nervousness. There's no way. Uncomfortability. He, he, Panic. He, he would break out in a sweat just thinking about somebody chaining him up. There's no way he's into that. Yeah, no. no that's that's, that's, no. that's a, <laughs> no, that, that's off limits. No chance there. And I think... That's it, but let me double check my uh, other screenshots because whereas think... I mean we're proponents. Oh yeah, please yes. But no. But Brad, no, he, no, no. He he needs to stay in his stay in his zone, stay in his area. Yeah, it, it, there's no chance. All right, let me double check my stuff here. Oh, okay. Um, and I have not got to go back and listen to include them. But Hephasaurus asked, <laughs> great name, dead gummit. He wanted us to weigh in on which is better, the Leanne Rhymes version or the Trisha Yearwood version oh, of. How can I live without you? Yes. There is no question, and I will fight anyone to the death over the fact, not opinion, that the Trisha Yearwood version is far superior. Okay, I I concur. I, I do not. I, I don't. I haven't gone back to double. You know, com, compare and contrast. Early Trisha Yearwood, before she was soiled by Garth, was fantastic. I you know, in a in a world where I it was totally a free agent, I would take a run even after she. You know, I, and I, she is gorgeous. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. And she's, she's early and late. She's Trisha. thick now, so you know she was thick then too. But mm. she was always a good, good. Anyway, uh, we got some feedback from um, Dead Gummit Costco. No, see, it may have been it may have been Sam the Austin P one or um, Hephasaurus also on Take Us Back by Mavis Staples. Man, I love some Staples singers. I can't remember who that sent that, but that was some feedback. I'll take you there. Yeah. Mavis is still out there getting it done. I know too. it. And we missed her. We didn't I get to see so her. I was so pissed. I missed her at Kessler. I heard that was a great show. Well, we also missed her at the, um, oh yeah, she was at County, County Fair. Fair. Yeah. Shit. We didn't get to go to. All we right. were still in mourning over the last County the Fair. The last County Fair. What a debacle. That <laughs> was, and I don't know if I've ever been a part of something that could have been so great, but s- such a mess. But it's where we met Austin. That part was great. That the Austin part was great. There was some real. <laughs> there were some moments of there greatness. There were some great moments about it that we can't discuss on air. But 
it was just too it was too anxiety provoking for me and Gus. Yeah, it, it was a it was a tough night. I think I think you suffered more. We were dealing with retro heavy. Yes, yes, old school heavy. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got right now. Not that that wasn't a lot. I, I'm sorry that we put off a lot for Josh, but those are some really good in depth questions. Yes, thank you for sending them, and we will address them that in I'll, full. I, that I want to get when Heavy comes back, and that's that'll. We'll just step back and he can just talk for a long time. That's what he wants. Because I'm pretty sure he considers himself an expert on the Old West. You could have filled in that blank with anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could fill in that blank for any of us for that. That's true. Master of none. Yes, a whole podcast to us just blindly spouting off what we consider facts. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for the emails and for the tweets. They're super fun. I really can't express how much they mean to us you know ty and i and heavy if he were here we can talk for a long time about nothing as we've proven but it's fun to get y'all to weigh in and be part of the conversation and that really means a lot so the fact that any of y'all take the time to actually one listen and then two interact and send questions and stuff means a lot. Yes. So we really appreciate you. And to steal a line from uh, the, the great Latvian Mike Soroy, we love your buns. So thank you. And an appreciation, in an act of an appreciation, I'm currently taking off my pants. And we're done. Well, you can email us your questions always at Can You Hear Me Pod. You can uh, at gmail.com. You can tweet. Ty and see if he'll DM you that picture of him without his pants. And I guess we'll talk to you later. Adios. Bye. knows the secret of old-fashioned candy store candy. So Brock's uses pure, real chocolate. Good country butter, whole milk, plump raisins and cherries. Mmm, what an old-fashioned value. Oh!